Hang on. Hang on. Halt. This might be a podcast. This might be a podcast. It might be great. It might be guest. It might be a big, big mess. Podcast popping in your Welcome to This Might Be A Podcast, the song-by-song podcast about the greatest band of all time. They might be giants. I'm your host, Greg Simpson, and I've got, returning to the show, the one, the only, Avery Keating, to talk about Sold My Mind to the Kremlin off of Phone Power. in the processional and no seat in the convention hall i sold my mind to the kremlin on the 4th of july i was wearing a yoda mask you were talking like lou ferrigno a hat made of paper a vest made of ugly an intercom with just one button this bag is almost empty that was your sole communication from unimproved roads on the 4th of July. Fishing holes don't exist, and country music with all those lists of things from yesterday you can no longer gain. Hi. Hi. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> What's up? <laughs> Christ, we're showing our age with that, I think. I've had so many young guests, I gotta, you know, break out the older references with my, uh, you know... Fellow olds? Fellow old. well, I mean, not even that, it's just all these 20-somethings I've been talking to, and... Yeah. Not to mention uh, the 16- and 17-year-olds that I've had on recently. Jesus. It's, it's nuts. Yeah. Before, uh, pretty soon before this one airs, the Infinity episode will be up. And that was uh, Kyla Gilmore. It's just a, a sign that They Might Be Giants really are, you know, music that spans generations. Because then just the last week, yeah, just last week, I had a 66 year old on Rick Mummy to cool. talk about Sapphire Bullets. Yeah. So, um, he was a yeah, DJ I, at a radio know, station when Flood came out. So that's fucking no cool. shit. Yeah. What, like a college radio station or? Um, I mean, he would have already been in his 30s. So, no. <laughs> he would have been 36 or something, right? So, man, I don't a know math. Local, um, it's a Lafayette station. I don't know. It's something he's lived in Lafayette since before I was born. So, it was, it was a Lafayette station. Yeah. Yes. 
<laughs> I, I was gonna say like uh, back when when people were able to congregate together in live shows um the cool thing about going to a they might be giant show was definitely like the broad age range there yeah. like and never felt like i was aging out of the group it was like there was right. always so many different kinds of people there i always really appreciated that yeah it, it's it's awesome because like I mean, everyone knows because I talk about it constantly that like the music I grew up on is, you know, punk, punk rock and indie rock and stuff like that. And those bands, as they get older, their fan base generally stays about their age or just slightly younger, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, like most rock bands, like the people in the band will be like 25 and their fans are all 15 to 25 or whatever. And then as the when the band is in their is 55, their fans are all 45 to 55. <laughs> right. You know, there's not as many like 17-year-olds like, "Oh, those old guys are really rocking out hard." <laughs> Plus music changes Unless it's so Green much. Day. Yeah, Green that's Day true. still has a bunch of teenager fans. Green Day, Fallout Boys pulled it off a little bit. Yeah. Um to young do young people like the Foo Fighters? I'm thinking mainly of bands, <laughs> you know, guitar-based bands, because that's yeah. what I like, but uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. think so. I don't think so. Yeah. I mean, maybe some people get into them through, because I think some kids do discover, like, oh, music, this, there's this cool band from before I was born called Nirvana. Do you know that guy? Oh has, he, he's got a band now. It's called the Foo Fighters. That dude's about to be inducted to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame for the second did time. You know, did you know that the lead singer of the Foo Fighters looks a lot like the drummer from <laughs> Nirvana? I, I've seen that too. It's so wild. <laughs> we were just watching. I was listening to the first Foo Fighters. Are you a Foo Fighters fan at all? Uh, no. I mean, I like them. I just have not listened to them yeah. as a thing. I lost track of them after the 90s, but their first album is so good. That's the one that and I also love it because I have a soft spot for any record where one person plays everything because that's just like the way I like to do things too. Because uh, Dave Grohl did everything on that first one. And the Big Me uh, video. And Big Me is like, it's like their most twee song. Like it's like the best, it's one of my favorite Foo Fighters songs and they've never written anything like that again. Uh, but the another old person reference, the music video is a parody of those Mentos commercials. <laughs> Do you remember the Mentos, the Fresh Maker? Yeah, with like the was that the one with the English lady in like all white? And possibly, or am I mixing that up with honestly? Like, I remember the Foo Fighters video better than I remember the actual Mentos commercials. But uh, it's basically like someone gets into a jam and they're like, "Hmm, what do I do?" And then they pop a Mentos in their mouth and all of a sudden have this brilliant idea, right? So like in the video. This this woman who has this tiny car, she's like in this sidewalk cafe and her tiny car, this guy parks and like boxes her in and her little car is boxed in. She's like, hey, and the, the dude's like, sorry, I gotta go. And, <laughs> and <laughs> she pops a, she pops a Mentos and like the Foo Fighters guys are coming over. They're all wearing like, and they're just like painters or something. And they like lift her car out of the spot and they're like, yeah, and, you know, they give this smile. It's like, it's the best fucking thing. It's the best. It's the best. <laughs> Foo Fighters song. It's not Everlong or my, or my hero. It's Big Me. Anyway, we the are best. already. This is see. This is the problem with returning guests. We've gone what seven minutes. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. We <laughs> we should tell the people where you know they might have heard you before on the sleep episode way back in the was that in like the 
episode like number twenty something. That was way yeah. Back. I think it was it was way back, way back in the day, way back, and back before you had all these cool people on the show, like Open Mike Eagle and stuff. Like, well, you were the first cool person I had on the show. <laughs> don't tell Steve. I thought you're, don't, don't tell your wife either. Like she was on the show before I was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my wife's plenty cool. She's she's the the smartest person I've ever had on the podcast. She, she was the first cool and first smart person on the show. <laughs> hey, David Britton's no slash. Dude's a, that dude's a stand-up comedian. He's he's a solid dude. And my buddy Steve. Anyway, you were on episode. I'm looking it up. Where is was it? it seven? It was twenty. It was twenty. Oh, it was episode 20. twenty. And this episode is going to be. 128 holy shit greg indeed but in the the interim you were on two patreon episodes miscellaneous trans one and two which came yes. out yeah one was in 2019 and one was in 2020 at some point yeah you know somewhere around those but parts. i make my yearly appearance yeah yeah well, uh, I don't know. We should do, we should do another one of those soon. Don't you think we should talk about that damn Doctor Worm video? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That seemed to be uh, that was an interesting conversation that came up. So for yeah. for people who are listening that don't know, um, there was a a video that was posted um, discussing like somebody's experience listening to Doctor Worm and it's like trans uh, themes. And then in the Facebook group. I think it was miscellaneous tea. We yeah. were talking about it. And most of the people that Greg tagged were like, I didn't really have that experience. <laughs> I personally have. So that okay. was kind of interesting. But did we, we didn't bring it up on the episodes. Did we either of the episodes, Dr. Worms specifically? I don't remember. I don't remember. We, we brought up so many different songs. Uh, I know. I was just thinking like, if we go to do another one, I'm like, shit, what songs have we talked about already? <laughs> right i don't know I mean, if we could I, I remember a couple but then there are also ones like because because you all came in with like a couple like big song like talking points but then like other stuff got mentioned too as we went along the way yeah i'll have to re-listen yeah i think that's the only way to do it <laughs> yeah um or find old facebook threads or something maybe but still there would have been stuff that would have come up probably that wasn't even mentioned in there anyway so, if people want to hear the story of um, your fandom, they could go listen to that sleep episode. I mean, we covered it there, I think. I'm sure we did. Yes. I yes, was, we did. I was already doing that. That was from the get-go mm-hmm. of this show. Loosely structured show. Uh, so, I think we've done the required, you know, Mark Maron-style blathering intro of whatever. <laughs> <laughs> we can move on to the actual topic, which I believe is they might be giants. I could yes. be wrong. Yeah, um, it could be. <laughs> so, sold my mind to the Kremlin. Did you pick that on the spreadsheet? I did. At the well, well, I know that you did, but I mean, was it at the same time that you picked Sleep, or was it after we did no, Sleep? No, okay. it was after. So, I think it was last year. I picked it because you were like, we need to talk about newer songs uh, and flans songs 
And yes. um, so I, I tried to pick a newer Flans song that wasn't already picked that I really liked. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So yeah. I've been, because I've, I've, I've noticed like little trends that happen in the episodes without me even noticing, because there's just so many things that go into like deciding what I'm going to record next. I mean, a lot of it is, is the guest available, but like the guest picks the song. But since I'm usually the one that's like, hey, you want to do your episode? I, I kind of determine the, you know, the order of them. And then, mm-hmm. and then I'll notice things like, shit, I just did five Linnell songs in a row. Um, yeah. But then there's other things I don't realize, like, uh, in the past in the past two or three months, yeah, in the past three months, I've done a ton of episodes that are sung by non-Johns. <laughs> four four non Johns. <laughs> Wasn't that a band? Four non Johns. <laughs> uh brilliant. Yeah, because like in December I did Boat of Car. Then in January I did Fun Assassin. Um I'm not a loser, which the demo is Linnell, but the final musical version in SpongeBob is Gavin I've already forgotten his name. The, you know, Whoever he is, he's great. Musical dude. Yeah. And yeah. then um Dr. Evil it's going, has not aired yet, but will be, so that's Robin. Um, Infinity, Mr. Dan Miller. So, like, all these non-John songs, I'm like, how did that start happening? It's just like, I don't know. All these people that wanted to do, like, the non-album songs or, like, the weirder songs. I'm like, that's another non-John one. But mm-hmm. I've been doing better about Flans. Right before Good. this episode, we will have heard Sapphire Bullets, Music Jail, uh, dig my grave. We live in a dump. Robot parade. Yeah, I'm like I'll I'll intentionally go on a little flan streak, just to Good. offset the previous Linnell streak that happened in the fall. <laughs> I'm I I love both my Johns equally, um, but flans is secretly my favorite. Your flan publicly, stand? I love. Yeah, I'm a flan stand. <laughs> publicly, I love both my Johns equally. <laughs> This so. episode can be heard by the public, you know. This is like the secret club <laughs> of people that listen to this podcast. Yeah. The, the secret, like, five to seven hundred people that listen to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Depending on the episode. And it's yes. your episode, so it's going to be, you know, thousands. Oh, my God. It's a crossover episode. <laughs> from waves breaking so the huge so, the huge trans poetry community will be flooding in all <laughs> two of us well hey i mean i mean the whole the whole reason i decided to get y'all on for the miscellaneous trans ones and then we did the the uh game of giants episode too <laughs> it's just because they do have a fair amount of you know reach in the lgbtq community wouldn't you say i mean more than like a lot of rock bands oh yeah Yeah. no yeah yeah for sure i was more putting down waves breaking than oh stop the queer (laughs) community um so why did you pick uh sold my mind to the kremlin so i really like how groovy the song is um it's groovy you it's are very Cal- you're a Californian. You're allowed to say groovy. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, it's groovy. Yeah, uh, we don't we don't say that here anymore, but I do. 
because as we said earlier, I am an old. Um, I like, I also think it's interesting because it's one of these Flansburg political songs that where he's saying something very direct, but he's also being very oblique um, (laughs) at the same time. So I, that is a Flans thing. Um, And he's, he's been more overtly political um, just on the interwebs uh, for the past couple of years, which has been really interesting to watch. But for a long time, he didn't really say anything directly. Um, at least not to my memory. Um, yeah, in, in so, song, or you mean uh, in interviews and such? Uh, both. Because even, yeah, in songs, I mean, you could like count them on one hand, the ones where you're like, this is definitely about, you know, a social issue or a political. I mean, like, yeah. Ro- Road Movie is one, or like Your Racist Friend. I mean, there's. And then yeah. maybe a couple more if I really went through and looked. But. Black Ops. Um, Black Ops, sure. And- sure. There's ones that are are more masked than others. Right. And this one definitely is about masks and about um, putting on a a kind of posturing and um, fulfilling some social norms and kind of, I guess I would say sort of like roles or expected feelings. but then, like, knowing that you don't actually feel the way that you're speaking. Mm-hmm. Um, and then eventually, like, getting fed up with that and then going to the extreme opposite, which is also absurd. <laughs> Before we dive head on into your, uh, your breakdown there, should we talk about this background info yes. that Slans yeah, told the sorry. AV Club about? Do you want to read this? I don't know if you have it in front uh, yeah, of sure, you. Let me... I have the wiki up. Yeah, March 2015, Flans spoke to the AV Club, and it's a very long and good interview. Um, but the wiki does have the full bit about this song. Mm-hmm. He says, I've been working on a song that we're putting together for this collaboration with Kimia Dawson called The Fourth of July. It'll be out before the Fourth of July, I hope. I was actually rewriting the chorus part of it. Kimia's part is this long sort of I don't even know how to describe it. It's this sort of this rattly, long-winded verse that has a lot of really interesting, odd imagery in it. And then there's a chorus that's sort of set up like a rap song, really. It's got this colorful set of ideas, and then there's a hooky chorus. And I'm trying to figure out how to make the chorus actually hookier. So I've been rewriting that. I actually got up very early to work on that. I've got it all queued up. I think it's actually going to be better. I love that he's like, I got up early. <laughs> Flans, nobody who knows you would doubt your work ethic. I mean, come on. Right. Uh, yeah. So, so he, he continues. He says that yeah. they made a demo and he sent it to Kimya. She was going to record her vocals and, um, he had the tracks to the demo set up and he excised the chorus as it existed in the structure of the song. And then he was going to go back and fill it in. Um, so he was playing with the flexibility of editing on a computer. Yes. Which I love as well. Um, fix it in post. That's what I always say. <laughs> and yep. yeah. <laughs> um, well, for people that don't know, Kimmy Dawson, 
Um, she became known in a group called Moldy Peaches um, with Adam Green and... I mean, primarily Adam Green. Uh, other people are involved with it, too. Who are a pretty hilarious and foul-mouthed band. Do you, you know the Moldy Peaches much? I mean, I'm not a completist, but... I, I know the Juno soundtrack. <laughs> Have you heard the song... <laughs> Have you heard the song Who's Got the Crack? <laughs> I haven't, but I can kind of imagine so, <laughs> what it sounds like. Yeah, right. Um, yeah. But yeah, the Juno soundtrack, that's, I think, when she probably hit the peak of her popularity f- with the mainstream. Um, I mean, I suppose it was still kind of an indie film. I don't know. It was very popular. Um, and so she's, yeah, she's got this great kind of um, indie folk twee kind of thing going indie pop um sound really great voice really cool style um and god damn it i want to hear what her stuff would have been like in this song i know i know it would have been really good (sighs) we just don't have it don't have it Uh, i wonder if they they decided they were like we gotta fulfill the style of song thing. Just gonna put it out anyway. Yeah, is but that the, what happened? But the weird thing is, he's like, I mean, they're saying the original title was the Fourth of July, and it'll be out before the Fourth of July. But he put it out a full. They put it out a full month before the Fourth of July. They put it out on June first, and couldn't that extra, you know, couple of weeks, whatever, before they. I mean, you got to do the mixing or whatever, but I mean, it's not like you're pressing the CD yet. I mean, you can go kind of up to the last second uh, before you just have to post it on YouTube. Yeah. I don't know what the holdup would have been. I mean, it's weird. And I then, no I mean, they're not a band that's against re-releasing a song, you know, like you mentioned Black Ops and then, you know, then you'll Alt get Black Ops. Alt Black Ops, right? Uh-huh. Couldn't we like on more murdered remains have gotten the Kimya version. Even more phone power. Right. And it would be called the 4th of July and then people would be listening to it and they'll be like, wait a minute. This is Kremlin. But it's different. Yeah, because didn't they do that with Spiraling Shape too? Where they had uh, it wasn't like rocket ship? Kind of. Yeah. I mean, he just kind of like excised the chorus of that and just turned it into its own song. Yeah. I mean, that was maybe a slightly different thing because Rocket Ship was. I mean, it wasn't like a album cut. You True. know, it was just dial song. Yeah. But yeah, it's just you know slicing the best part out of a song and giving it its own thing. But um, yeah, Radley long-winded verse. I mean, these, these with odd imagery. I mean, this this song as it stands now is full of odd <laughs> imagery or odd you know references. I, I wonder. Say, if I wouldn't what say we it's have... radley and long-winded. I want to hear what this radley and long-winded part would have been like a rap song. I want to hear the rap. <laughs> or he says the chorus yeah. is like a rap. Would you say the my, yeah, so I, my I, I wonder the if part is a rap part? If yeah, I'm wondering if like if this is it because it kind of does ramble in a way that's not completely structured except for like the the refrain of um, with no place in the processional, mm-hmm. etc. Yeah. But like the rest of it is kind of just loose. Um, and I, I wonder if this, these are the lyrics or if there was more, right. right. Because there are, there is definitely some weird imagery in here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, the song, you know, barely clears two minutes. <laughs> so, I mean, it's not out of the question that, you know, she could have gotten a nice long verse in there and still would have come in under three. Um, right. Or, yeah, maybe she was just going to be doing one of the parts that's there. Like you said. We'll never know. We will never. I'm. We could. We should throw it out to the Tumblr. You know, I did that with Tiny Doctors, too. I asked him, I was like, so are you guys ever going to do, like, a finish Tiny Doctors? And he was like, oh, yeah, thanks for reminding me about that. And that was years ago, so I, I still don't think, <sighs> you know. Yeah. I don't know. We should, we should still, do you want to, do you want to? Throw it at him on the Tumblr and, and see if, if he gives us an answer before this episode posts in a month. I could plug it in, you know, edit That'd it. That'd be fun. <laughs> yeah. His answer, yeah. Be like, where's where's the crack? Where's Kimya? And where's... <laughs> give her some crack and, and let her go on this. <laughs> Their lyrics are just so great. I think yeah. most people don't know in Juno. I don't know if that song... What's the name of that main song in Juno? Um, uh, what is it? Okay, um, hold on, I'll find it. Soundtrack uh, work. I mean, that was like, I mean, that was like a kind of legitimate hit. Uh, anyone else but you? Um. Yeah. 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 But I don't think the line from from the original song. There's a line, something about like um, you turn around, and you did a little dance, shook a little turd out up from the bottom of your pants. <laughs> oh Jesus! <laughs> it still yeah. cracks me up. <laughs> that's uh, that sounds like the moldy peaches. <laughs> shook a little turd out of <laughs> the bottom of your pants. But it's all the delivery. It's that like sweet delivery yeah. that just like yes, the anti folk. Yeah, it just makes it, that's what makes it hilarious, is that it's sung, like, sweetly and sincerely. Anyway, yeah, Kimmy's great. Um, I, I tweeted at her to come on the show with no response, but uh, we'll see. Maybe eventually. Oh, no, actually, mm-hmm. her DMs were open. I sent her a DM. And uh, no response, but I just slid on in to there. Find, slid on into the DMs to find. <laughs> hey, girl. Um, you want to be on my podcast? Yeah. I don't know. I'll look for a more official means of contacting her management or whoever, but um, she would be awesome to have on. And then I can ask her what went yeah. wrong with Kremlin. What scheduling thing happened? Because um, I'm guessing that's all it was. I don't imagine there was any sort of falling out where they're like, forget it! You're not on Maybe the they track. argued about the politics of it. Maybe uh, <laughs> they had political differences. And I don't know much but about we all know, politics, like, but I can't imagine her being conservative no not everything i know about her right that would be quite a shock uh yeah but that would have been so cool maybe maybe in our cover we should make up our own verse and pretend it's the kid with the long lost verse no we shouldn't we shouldn't do that no (laughs) it it wouldn't come out i veto that it wouldn't come out well you can't you can't (laughs) you can't imitate flance or kimia for that matter i wouldn't be able to pull it off um. So yeah, they put it out on June first. Could have waited. I don't know. Who knows? So should we dive into the lyrics first, or do you want to talk about musical elements first? You've already alluded uh, to the lyrics. Should we make them wait, or should we just get to it? 
Well, how about we do the music thing? Because I feel like we could go on about the lyrics for a while, but um, true musically, because it's a demo, I feel like we can we can cover that first and be fairly quick about it. Yeah, I mean, it's not labeled as a demo, but I think you and I have have pretty much agreed upon that's what it basically is. I mean, I mean, he says in that quote, he says demo style. I had to get posted demo style, and that's from uh, he said that on their Tumblr, the TMBG ROK. Tumblr for people that don't know. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, what he said. Uh, hi. Oh, I'm just looking at the full post. Hi. Thanks for making me laugh out loud in your latest episode of Wrong, Wrong, Wrong. Brilliant. I don't know what that means. Uh, episode of Wrong, Wrong. Anyway, we were wondering if the new song, Sold My Mind of the Kremlin, is the Kimmy and Dawson collaboration you mentioned a few weeks ago. It was. We didn't finish it in time, so it had to get posted demo style. We know a little bit about the musical elements because uh, this episode is going to debut the newest hit single from the Purple Pansies. Yes. Sold my mind to the Kremlin. That's us. That's us. Yeah. And we're in the midst of working on it, uh, uh, but we're going to pretend like it's ready and it'll be in the episode. But uh, so what do you think about when you were starting to learn... uh, your keyboard parts. Mm-hmm. What do you think? What do you think about the song musically now that you've really delved into it more? I was happy it was in C major, uh, <laughs> right? Because uh, that made things simple. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I it, it felt like Linnell just kind of like sprinkled some like ascending and descending chord like triads in in random places mm-hmm. um where it was kind of like testing the waters for like what could play here what could play here um especially in like i think it's the second what i call verse where he's like um and i'm in this room that i can't get away from and it's like burp, 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 burp. <laughs> like, like it's like he he he's really just kind of like figuring out what would sound good um and kept it all <laughs> yeah. in you know the the one thing that crossed my mind is that if this truly was demo style and there's no credits listed on the wiki and i can't seem to find my phone power cd i don't know if it has any i assume if there were any do you think it's all flans credits is it could be all flans now because i mean it's drum machine Though there is one part that kind of sounds like real drums, but it's drum machine. It's, you know, one or two keyboards. It's like a bass, you know, a synth bass, and then like the higher mm-hmm. synth, and Flans double vocals and harmonies, all Flans. Huh. It could be just Flans, but the thing that makes me think that it probably is Linnell is stylistically and tone wise it sounds like a lot of the stuff that Linnell seemed to be into in the 2015 cycle for example uh the other song we've covered and <laughs> end of the rope has yes. that sick synth solo in the middle yeah wouldn't you say that has kind of a similar style and uh you know patch as yes. this stuff so that makes me think it's Linnell but yeah with songs like this you don't know i mean it is a very kind of old school type Giants song in that it's uh, it's either just Flans or it's probably more likely just both Johns, mm-hmm. which is cool to hear mm-hmm. in the in the modern era. I mean, 
you kind of, you know, in the back of your mind, you're like, oh, poor Danes and Marty. Got left, I know. Got left out of this one. But, <laughs> I mean, it's never been performed live either. So, I mean, they, they might not have even ever listened to it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they have so many songs. <laughs> I know. There's, there's so many. <laughs> the dads are like, it's okay if we sit out on this one. Right. That's no, all right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, especially oh, we're putting out three albums in the year and a half. Yeah, you guys, go ahead. You know, they come into the studio on Monday, and the Johns are like, "We did five songs over the weekend without you guys. That cool? Yeah, it's fine." You're like, all right, at least I got to sleep. You guys want any uh, any lead guitar in that? No. Okay, good. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so tired. (laughs) There's some hard working, hard working boys. Yeah. Yeah. Um Yeah, I was talking about the drums. So for the most part, it's supposed to sound like a drum machine. I mean, he's not trying to fool anyone with the little that little like just super tight snare. Um but then when it goes to um actually it's when the vocals come in. So it starts out got the little musical part. And it's definitely drum machine there, but when it gets to the with no place in the processional, it's just like it's this real simple drum beat, mm-hmm. but it sounds it's like, a like march, real drums. Right? Well, yeah. it's just like it's almost like an ACDC beat. It's just boom, bah, boom, bah, with hi hat, kick, snare. Mm-hmm. It sounds like it could be Marty, but would he have Marty come in to drum for just those eight measures? Because then it goes right back to drum machine. There are some very, very good samples out there that um, can fool most people, and I think in this case is fooling me into thinking it's real drums. It's probably programmed. But either way, it's a funny decision to be like, oh, it's this drum machine and synth song. But then let's switch up the drums to more realistic drums just for, just for that. Yeah. You know, I mean, they're... Yeah. They're wild and crazy kids. I'm, I'm sure they that are. they have the, the capacity to, to, to do that. It's just whether they could be bothered or not. <laughs> do, you, um, do you notice much about, I mean, when you're listening to like a They Might Be Giant song, do you pay much attention to the drums? <sighs> I can't say I do. Okay, yeah. So, I mean, was that something you noticed that the drums changed sounds oh. there? Yeah, but it, it didn't seem significant to me. Like, it just seemed like a different style rather than different drums. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's most definitely, if not actual Marty, it probably is just a different patch. I mean, like, I mean, even in GarageBand, there is dozens and dozens of different types of drums and sample beats and stuff like that, um, which are fun to mess around on. I mean, I did so much in my early recording days with those. The ones that come up as MIDI, the drum parts that come up as MIDI, and you can drag the mm-hmm. stuff around and, and, you know, change them. It's so much fun to mess with. But e- even on GarageBand, there's some stuff that sounds pretty realistic. And I got pretty good at um, messing with, like, the velocity, which means how hard stuff is hit so it's not so robotic. You make some hits louder and some hits softer. So, I mean, Flans is probably just... He's been doing the drum machine stuff for 35 years. Yeah. You know? I mean, really, actually, they're coming up on 40 years as a band in 2022. Damn. That'll be 40 years. So he's, he's pretty good at programming drums. 
So it's probably all fake drums, but he did switch it on that part. And then later in the song, this like bell, this bell, uh, the bell of the ride comes in, ping, 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 and that sounds real too, but it's over top of the fake sounding drums. So Flans just like you know, chef's kiss to you for just like, dude, just like even in this quote unquote demo, doing some interesting stuff even with the drum programming. I mean. These dudes, you know, they're like, I'm going to handle the drums on this one, Marty, because I love fucking around with uh, drum programming. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. they're pros. Yes. As a keyboardist, what, <laughs> do you, what do you think about, you like that? What would you prefer if I said pianist? Uh, uh, I, I'm a neither. <laughs> you play the keyboards. Barely. <laughs> Listen, lady, this isn't what I do. I play keyboards. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> everything comes back to The Simpsons for me. The guy yes. selling them their pool. Uh, I play keyboards. So you play the keyboards. <laughs> uh, what do yeah. you think about these? Uh, the, I mean, this thing's like all synth driven. What do you think mm-hmm. about the, the keys in here? The tones, the parts. What do you like? Yeah. What do you hate? Um, I th- what I thought was interesting was like, it kind of like, it harkens back to 80s synth sounds, but it's, it's cleaner. Like it, it feels mm. kind of like some of the stuff they did in nanobots, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's about all I've got, really. Oh, my dogs are fighting. Sorry. Woof, woof. There, one has the zoomies. Leela was down here. Yeah, if you listen to the Robot Parade episode, you'll hear uh, Lauren's cat play her guitar. Very nice. <laughs> like, yeah, there, there they go. Because, um, yeah, she, she had even like a wider shot. I could see like her whole living room. This cat's just <laughs> behind her. And she had her guitar on the ground, and it played it twice by running wow. over it. Um, but yeah, yeah so, so, the, so the keys, I, I do think they have that 80s kind of analog sound to them but they're probably i don't think these guys are using analog synths anymore i mean they used uh some moog stuff on their early records they're probably not fucking with that anymore i know linnell for especially you know i mean danny has told me linnell doesn't want to have to fuck with his gear he wants it to work immediately and analog synths are very finicky, and the older anything is, is going to break. You know, he just wants something modern, and it's probably just... I mean, it could be MIDI. Or yeah. it's... I mean, the keyboard that he plays on stage probably has MIDI capability. So it's probably just his usual thing, and he dials in a patch, and it sounds cool and synthy and analog, but it's not. I mean, I could say yeah. 99% certainty. But the patches are cool. Sounds I awesome. agree. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I wonder the, what they uh, are. Yeah, I mean, I bet that's probably something that Buffington can figure out. He knows on the episode of Sifton that he was on, he owns a Moog, the same one that they used. I can't remember which one it was. Mini, <sighs> mini Moog, maybe. And he's like, oh, I've dialed in all these sounds, like all these old songs, and here's, here's the sound I got to sound like the Sifton sound, and he played it on the episode. that one yep yep (laughs) and he also owns like all of the drum machines that they've used he's that kind of dude he he probably if he's kept up on it into the digital age he probably knows 
you know, I couldn't even tell you what model the keyboard is that Linnell plays now, but I'm sure that wouldn't be too hard to figure out. But what patch she used, who knows? Or what software yeah. it's going into <clears throat> and where they're pulling plugins and stuff from. There's just too many. It's it yeah. probably would be too hard to figure out. But they're cool and I like the the glide. I don't know if you uh, how much you fuck with the uh, the sounds like on um well, when you did when you recorded your stuff for the cover, which we'll I will just allude to again, um, you're using a MIDI controller into GarageBand. Yeah. What uh, did you just find a preset you like, or do you fuck with them? I usually fuck with the presets. Yeah, uh, at least a little bit. Um, generally, because sometimes they'll like have a a reverb that I like they'll have too much reverb that I don't want or they'll have like too much delay or, you know, mm-hmm. like I'm, I'm just kind of right. like dicking around with that. And, um, sure. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, <clears throat> otherwise I, I don't really touch them too much. I'm, I wish I, you know, it's just, I don't record music enough to like warrant getting pro tools or Ableton or something. Oh, yeah. So I've just been using the free garage band that's on sure. this iMac. Though Ableton Lite, which is what I use to, that's what I have on my laptop here, not on my studio computer. That's what I use to uh, edit the podcast is only a hundred bucks. Um, and it has limitations, but probably nothing that you would even know need to worry about. But anyway, um, <clears throat> so on some synth sounds, there will be something called glide, which basically mm-hmm. means that it's going to scoop up into notes. Basically, between notes, it'll slide between them rather than just instantly shifting. Bum, bum. It'll go, bum, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And Linnell loves that as well. And it's all over that end of the rope uh, synth solo. It's on a lot of this. Like it's just like oh, I know. It almost around. sounds like theremin. Like it's almost <laughs> right. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And that's yeah, that glide thing. I mean, yeah, with a theremin, it's next to impossible to go bing, 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 bing. You know, it's always going to be sliding around, and it, it, yeah, it sounds. I love it. I'm a sucker for it. So I love I the love synths. It too. Yeah, I love the synths in the song. There's also something that happens at the. I don't think this is what you were mentioning before, but there's this thing near the end of the song where there's just this little, like, bing, 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 bong, like this little, like, staccato part. Yeah. That, like you said before, it sounds just like fucking around, like part of that demo quality where it's like, hey, this might be fun. And then it just ends up, it makes the final cut. <laughs> Which, if they really hashed it out, in the studio and spent more time on it, maybe that would have disappeared, but I'm glad that it didn't disappear. Yeah, me too. I love all those little, it's almost like a little Easter egg. Like you almost wouldn't notice it unless you really, like if you were learning how to play it, be like, wait, what was that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So should we get to the lyrics? Let's do it. So, uh, kind of like, as I was mentioning at the top, um, it's, it's a very, blunt song but it's also very oblique in a lot of ways um i don't have any clear sort of i don't think there's a clear message from it um like or meaning that you can derive because of its obliqueness like i have three vague ideas of like a a sort of plot that's going on Uh uh-huh like it's either kids on halloween Mm. Or it's 
like terrorist being interrogated mm-hmm. or it's like nerds at a convention. Like those are the three <laughs> settings I have from one song, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'd say if I were just going to give my one line, a guess at it, it would be probably most similar to your number two, the terrorist being in, in, interrogated. Um, yeah. For me, it was maybe more like either a communist spy, you know, a Soviet spy, or a communist sympathizer who's in the U.S. who yeah. wants to give their secrets to the Kremlin. But yeah, so um, well, which one yeah, of those was, do you want to investigate first? I, I was thinking it was something like that. It was like the the terrorist group that abducted Patty Hearst. Like I thought it might have yeah. been um, like one of these sort of super radical liberation front sort of terrorists but um yeah communist sympathizer definitely makes sense um yeah so your first one was uh kids on halloween right yeah 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 um (laughs) the the halloween thing mainly because of the the mask the yoda mask um the vest made it the, the hat made of paper um, an ugly vest. A vest got, made of ugly. <laughs> made of ugly, which makes me think like someone's mom put together this poor, ki- poor kid's like ugly Halloween costume, and he has to wear it now. But the mom tried her damnedest. I don't know. She just took an um, ugly sweater and cut off the sleeves. <laughs> so it's made of ugly. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. the the intercom with just one button made me think of like apartment intercoms. Where, like, you know, in Seinfeld, yeah. you'd buzz people in. Like, it made me think of that. We're re-watching Seinfeld from the beginning right now, actually. Very nice. Yeah, just one button. I mean, you know, that, that line, I'm like, don't most intercoms just have one button? I mean, it's like, you press it to talk, you let go to listen. It's, and he repeats it, so it, it's... Oh, does it's he? It's important. Doesn't he? Um, no, he talks about a tape recorder. Later. Oh, right. Yeah. Intercom with up. just one button. Yeah. Um, I wanted to bring up the, you were talking like Lou Ferrigno. This, this to me, I think it's, it's supposed to mean more like if it's kids on Halloween, that the kid is dressed like the Hulk. Lou Ferrigno, right. actor that played the original dude to play the Hulk. He didn't play Bruce Banner. He was the Hulk. He didn't need CGI. Dude, no, he was just buff as hell. Mr. America, Mr. Universe, all those awards for bodybuilding. Yeah. And also in the great underrated sitcom, King of Queens, he is their neighbor. That I will stand, I will stand, stand, as the kids say, for that show forever. It's got Patton Oswald, it's got Jerry Stiller. It's a great show. Lou Ferrigno is their neighbor. But I was thinking if someone was talking like Lou Ferrigno as the person, he is a a uh, guy that suffered multiple ear infections when he was a baby and lost 75% of his hearing. So oh, legally he is deaf. He wears, um, you know, hearing aids. If you were talking, if you just started talking like you were a deaf person, that would be very mm-hmm. insensitive. Yeah. That would not yeah. be something that you should do. So like when I hear that line, I'm like, that is, Almost that's offensive. Fucked. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's not cool. But I think probably more like 
more like you're Hulk pretending smash. to be the Hulk, uh, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, you won't like me when I'm angry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, that's, yeah. That's that's probably what Bruce Banner said before he turned in. Anyway, yeah. But Lou Ferrigno, he's awesome, and he is great on that on King of Queens because seeing him in a role where he's not angry and he's just like the nicest. He's like the neighbor. He's a gossipy neighbor. It's funny. He's always like chatting up the ladies in the neighborhood, hearing about, you know. <laughs> relationships and neighborhood gossip he's hilarious oh my god and just because he's like fucking huge um and and doug kevin james character he always refers to him as the hulk and makes stupid hulk jokes just like to annoy him or because he can't help himself but it's great anyway lou ferrigno seems like really cool dude and uh yeah Mm -hmm. the hulk without cgi so the that little that stanza there definitely screams Halloween. Yeah. Or, I mean, you were also saying uh, nerds at a convention, right? Yes. Which yes. that could also, yeah, work pretty well for that. Um, yeah, because some, I mean, a lot of people at those, their costumes look great, but some of them, I imagine, you know, hat made of paper. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, you know, like you, you do what you can with what you've got. But the intercom thing, buzzing someone up for an apartment or, or telling them to come down, it's time for trick-or-treating. Yeah, I mm-hmm. never, uh, I mm-hmm. never knew what to make of that line. I mean, I guess the only thing I was thinking with that is if I was trying to piece together some sort of thing, like I was saying about a uh, communist sympathizer or someone who wants to give information to, uh, you know, during the Cold War, give information to Russia, uh, is that kind of going along with that tape recorder thing? Is that he is? It's a one-way conversation. Like he thinks he has these important things to say. He thinks that he um, is giving away secrets, but like really, he's 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 delusion delusionally he thinks he's a spy and he has mm-hmm. important things to say, but they really don't care. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That could. Uh, I think that that's interesting. Like somebody who thinks that they're a communist informant, <laughs> but actually isn't that great, and the Kremlin does not give a shit about. Yeah. Um, and then, so the way I was, what I was coming up with for the Yoda and the Lou Ferrigno thing is just like, maybe he's wearing disguises like a fake mustache, or he's disguising his voice like he's talking like the Hulk, and because he th- is going on these pretend undercover missions to gather information for the right. Kremlin. <laughs> and also, like, he, he has very disparaging um, opinions of American pop culture and mm-hmm. American culture in general. Like, the the... The things he brings up to discuss are Patty Hearst, um, mm-hmm. this like tragic figure who was kidnapped and then sort of like manipulated into uh, like bank robberies and stuff for this. I forget the the Sib- uh, Symbionese Liberation Army. Yes, yes I had to read right. up on her because I knew she was like you know the daughter or no the granddaughter of publishing magnate. William Randolph Hearst. I knew she was, you know, someone she was related to was super rich. She was kidnapped. That's about all I knew. But yeah, I didn't realize that she had gone to jail. I guess what I had heard about her was more sympathetic to her that she got, you know, because she was released after Mm -hmm. what was it, seven years or isn't she has like people have argued that she had Stockholm syndrome. Right. And, uh, and that she was brainwashed. Yes. Yeah. Which is also interesting to think about if we have this character who believes that they are um, a spy 
right they could also be brainwashed but um Mm -hmm. and also charles manson brainwashed people yeah um Mm -hmm. yeah into murders let's talk about patty hearst skeletor and charles manson breaking close the hospitals for the mentally filled up with the mentally ill and i'm singing into a tape recorder trapped in this thing that i can't get away from this bag is almost empty that was your sole communication from unimproved roads on the fourth of Processional and no seat in the convention hall. I sold my mind to the Kremlin on the 4th of July. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but I was thinking here because then right after it says Reagan closed the hospitals for the mentally ill, Charles Manson, obviously mentally ill. He was actually at the uh, the prison across the street from the apartment where I grew up. For real? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, CMF, he was there. Yeah. Wow. So yeah. Wow. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. So Charles Manson, obviously, very many problems there. And then Patty Hearst, you could say there was a mental illness there. Whether it was, you know, something she was coerced into, you know, or she was, yeah, her mental state was deteriorated. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was even reading that like they gave her IQ tests uh, after she was caught. And her IQ had dropped like 25 points or something uh, after all of this. Um, so, you know, there's some thing that, you know, hopefully she went and saw doctors. Yeah. You know, after. She seems okay now. She's like yeah. a dog show person. Her oh, Frenchies won. Uh, yeah, her Frenchies <laughs> won a dog show contest, which uh, as a person who has two Frenchies made me very happy to see. Oh, yeah. See, that's yeah. why that, everything I had heard about her was all this stuff like that she was, I mean, obviously she was victimized in some way. It's still yeah. very unclear exactly how it all went down. But um, yeah, I was more sympathetic to her in that she seems like fairly normal now. But yeah, yeah I mean, that happened when she was 19. Yeah, so that's nuts. Uh, and then you got Skeletor, which <laughs> anyone who wants to, <laughs> I loved He Man. I was all about Masters of the Universe. It was a little before my time, but I oh, that was I appreciate when, it when yeah when uh, so you know back in my day, I'm I mean when you were in was kindergarten full day for you or half day? Uh I can't. I feel like it was half day for me. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure when that fully switched to. It's pretty Uh, much entirely full day. I was like, I was in kindergarten in like '95. Okay. So, yeah, for me, it would have been. Yeah, like '80. I guess I was pretty young for my grade, so '86, '87. I was in kindergarten, and I had my mom sign me up for I made sure I was in the morning kindergarten so that I could be home in time for He-Man in the afternoon. Very nice. <laughs> or the reverse. I don't remember one of those, but He-Man was very important. I had all the figures still have some of them because my mom's a pack rat. Um, and, but they're all out of the package, so they're not worth anything. But He-Man was my jam and Skeletor is awesome. First of all, yes. he's, he's wearing purple. You know, yeah. 
I mean, He-Man wears purple. He's got purple tights. <laughs> and not only is he a skeleton, but he's a buff skeleton. Yeah, he's buff. Yeah, he's somehow he's got. I mean, really, the skull he's is somehow the only a skeleton part. That's the only. That's the skull. But then the rest of it, he's got muscles. He's got muscles, he, and he's blue with purple, yeah. <laughs> purple outfit. I wonder if he he's like a skull, like he inhabits the skull, and then like he's <laughs> possessing the rest of the body of somebody else. I bet there are He Man podcasts that would would tell us all about this. Um, but uh, anyway, Steve, Steve Hinckley, the drummer for Outdoor Valor, he is a toy collector, and, and Masters of the Universe is one of his jams, and so much so that his nickname from like forever uh, is Stevator. So uh, I told him, I, I told him, I said, uh, Steve, the, the song I'm recording an episode for tonight mentions Skeletor, sandwiched between Patty Hearst and Charles Manson. I said, super weird lyrics, even by TMBG standards. He said, why aren't we covering this again? He said, I love it. I could talk about Skeletor all day long. <laughs> so what do you think Skeletor is doing here then? I think he's got mental issues too. If he wants to like take over the world or whatever, I don't remember what Skeletor's you know big thing was other than killing He Man. But obviously, I mean, no one actually died in Masters of the Universe because it was a kids' show. But there was fighting. True. You know, Skeletor wants to kill He Man. I mean, really, or imprison him or whatever. You know, so dude's got problems. He's an evil, evil dude. True. So Patty Hearst, while not evil today. She did some crimes. She, she robbed a crimes. bank. Yep. You know, she never killed anybody, but she did was part of a bank robbery. Uh, and so I guess that's the three thing they have in common is that they're all criminals in some yeah. capacity. Yeah. Right? Fictional. Uh, one very, very bad man. One fictional mm-hmm. bad skeleton. <laughs> and then uh, whatever. Skeleton man. Petty hearse. Yeah. And then, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And Reagan, um, who might be the most evil of them all. Um. Oh, gosh, yeah. <laughs> just just yeah. a notch below Manson. I mean, God, fucking cowboy presidents. That, yeah. I mean, I mean you, re- you remember when we're like, oh, man, Ronald Reagan, that's, that guy sucked. And now yeah. it's like, he sucked, but like, we've had suckier. <laughs> yeah i mean like i cannot ever forget like the um the way he just let thousands of queer people die um by so. not acknowledging aids yeah yeah and yeah fucked very I mean, fucked yeah i don't i mean i haven't i guess i can talk specifics on why well who knows why the fuck but why can't you just say it? It's like if today we like don't don't say COVID, don't say COVID nineteen. Right. No, we're just gonna keep it a secret. Like, right. what's the point of not acknowledging it? I mean, we. I mean, do we want to go on another half hour tangent about? No, we really Ronald shouldn't Reagan, because but, it, it. Yeah, it has to do with like queer phobia, homophobia, and um, sure racism but you know he was a man's man he was a fucking jackass um my dad had a picture of reagan on our fridge growing up and um oh yeah yeah he was that kind of a conservative Um, yucky yeah 
Oh, yeah. It's all this politics. It's all just like drastic responses to whatever happened previous. And for people that are like people, conservatives that were like, Jimmy Carter, that dude, that dude's a wimp. What is this? You know, peanut farming, peanut farming, house building, house building, <laughs> habitat. Get your own habitat. Uh, again, comes back to the Simpsons. Um, the. Yeah, so then now you got to get this dude who was a fucking actor and uh yeah. Yeah, fucking TV personality coming in, you know, the f- the first TV movie person to make it into um originally started House. here in, in California, uh where we had right. we had set the precedent for closing uh hospitals for people with mental illness. Um before that became kind of like a federal. So I think what happened was Carter had passed legislation um in order to fund create federal funding for mentally uh for for hospitals for the mentally ill and mm-hmm. uh when reagan got into office he was like nope pulled that <laughs> and then like he also That's got a waste shot of money he got shot by somebody who was a schizophrenic um uh-huh yeah and- john hinckley i was reading this this salon article about yeah. it yeah. yeah, yeah. Two months after taking office, he was shot by John Hinckley, a young man with untreated schizophrenia. Um, yep. Yeah. And yep. then, what was this other part? Oh, yeah. Reagan was also exposed to the consequences of untreated mental illness through the two sons of Roy Miller, his personal tax advisor. Both sons developed schizophrenia. One committed suicide in 19, uh, 1981, and the other killed his mother in 1983. Despite such personal exposure, Reagan never exhibited any interest in the need for research or better treatment for serious mental illness and this right. is dr robert e fully tory on this salon article and i and i just want to like put out there that just that mental illness is not a direct like correspondent with violence um it's of course kind of, yes yeah, yeah so i just wanted to put that out there so because mm-hmm. people often do conflate those things but anyway oh i know and that's why I yeah. don't talk about my shit all that much because I'm nervous about that. But um, yeah, yeah. Yep. But still, I mean, these are extreme cases of poorly treated, serious illnesses. They are mm-hmm. illnesses. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. when you say mental illness, uh, just take the mental off of it. It's an illness. It's a problem with the brain chemistry, and in yep. this case, untreated, caused. Um, Death by suicide and a homicide and yeah. of someone he knew personally. And he was shot by someone who was untreated uh, with mental illness. So, like, yeah. what, the, what the fuck? That's Reagan. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's probably like with, the, with not acknowledging AIDS, it's like, maybe he didn't know any gay people but that's probably not he, he that's not true there had to have been someone in a circle do you know that he was in fact? hollywood he was in hollywood are you fucking well there you go it? sure he was an actor <laughs> of course he knew gay people good point <laughs> yeah so like what the hell he's just i don't know he just likes to not uh address things that make him uncomfortable which both if of anybody is listening to the show and is a conservative they i hope have turned off the podcast at this point good rinse <laughs> good rinse i mean i haven't made a point to be political but i've said this before like well on the i'm impressed episode i did with gareth lyons um 
he's an Irish, but again, the UK has been fraught with conservative fuckery for mm-hmm. quite a while now. And I mean, throughout their history in the 80s too. Yep. With Thatcher, Thatcher. and all of that. But yeah. um, we got pretty political in that episode. Got pretty political with Stephen Dan on the James K. Polk episode. But mm-hmm. I mean, if it comes up and Flans brought it up, oh yeah, we're gonna we're gonna talk about it, yo. Train yep. stations filled up with the mentally ill. I mean, almost literally, they were shipped out. I mean, train stations filled up, and it sounds like from this article that he was like, oh, they can just be in group homes or these other kind of settings where the medical portion of what they needed was not provided, and that is. That's a big part of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so uh, fuck, train fuck stations, especially in the Bay Area, are still, like, like people are suffering, mm. in, especially in, in the Bay Area, where, like, the financial disparity is so immense. Oh, um, God, yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. unfortunately, still prescient. And as are the unimproved roads. So I read a, um, <laughs> I read a 10 page article from 1983 in the New York times about the roads in New oh, York. Okay. They were shitty back then. Um, <laughs> so potholes were everywhere. Um, governor Cuomo allowed larger, heavier, big rigs to be on the road, which created more damage to the roads. Um, mm. like Homer driving with a grand piano strapped to the roof <laughs> of his car, <laughs> but Main Street's still all cracked and broken. Sorry, mom, the mob has spoken. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really bad at this episode. Yeah, there's, there's like <laughs> lots of Simpsons going on here, which is also an '80s birth show. So that yeah, makes true, sense. true, true. Um, so. Yeah. So the on the Fourth of July, they were <laughs> unimproved roads on the Fourth of July. I I mean, again, conservatives don't care as much about infrastructure as they should because they think taxes should be lower and mm-hmm. states' rights or whatever the fuck. I don't know. <laughs> you, you, you read you read more about it, but yeah. <laughs> Anything else to note from that article? Uh, not uh, not that I can recall. Um, just I just wanted to verify that. I wanted to see, like, if that was a comment to place the the characters in a specific time. Um, so I was like, mm-hmm. well, if the roads were okay in the 80s, then maybe that places this solidly in contemporary times. But nope, the roads were shitty then, too. So. Yeah. I mean, for Reagan and Reagan's America, 4th of July, important. <laughs> Potholes, not important. <laughs> Did you, I don't know if you heard about this or listeners heard about this, but in Oakland, the streets are very um, unimproved, uh-huh. one would say. And yeah. people were going around the, the roads spray painting dicks around the potholes so that they would be addressed. <laughs> I'm not even joking. <laughs> like, that's fantastic. That's how bad it got. That's amazing. Um, I love I love that kind of I don't even know what you call that kind of DIY what? Yeah. Uh it, art. It, it, remind, it reminds me of the, the dive bar in town, the cool dive bar, like basically Outdoor Valor and Doppelpopolis, our our home base is the spot tavern. 
it's like the one place that's very safe for weirdos to be and um and to make crazy music of all kinds and so they have a lot of really wild art like the the owner commissions all these local artists to do a bunch of crazy stuff inside and outside the place and um the droops which i think is a collective of of painters muralists um did the whole side of the building and there is all of this wild stuff amongst amongst them a hot dog <laughs> that looks like a penis <laughs> amazing <laughs> and and someone complained about it um it's on the side of the building not the front it's on the parking lot side but someone complained about it and so here's what he did and this this is pre-trump this is when he was our governor. He took a picture of Mike Pence's face and put it over the head of the penis. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> that makes me so happy. That was just like the most perfect way to deal with that situation. That's so good. Because <laughs> then it just looked like a hot dog with Pence's face on the end. But, but you know it's a dick with my Pence's God. face on it. We all it's know. Great. It's, everybody knows. <laughs> Oh boy. So, um so, if we're not trying yeah. to uh <laughs> take this song literally and it's hard to take this song literally because right. again, it, it has very specific imagery but you still don't quite know what the fuck is going on. So, mm-hmm. if you're if you're going to take the lyrics and kind of parse out what you can, um to, I I don't know for your own read and everybody have their own subjective take but my own subjective take is it's a song about posturing and about being forced between extremes um and people who necessarily don't fit within those extremes um align themselves with one or the other in order Mm. to like make it through society um yeah you gotta have an identity of some kind Right. And which these, one am I? Yeah. And the identities are often shifted um, depending on the situation. Um, it, if, in a way, it's kind of like the communists have the music in that way. Um, mm. But sillier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of serious things dropped in here, but the way they're dropped in is like, just like what is this wackadoo song? Yeah, because like when he talks about Reagan and the hospitals being closed, he does it in the goofiest fucking voice. <laughs> right? Like yeah, it's great. Right. right but right. Uh, he, <laughs> he does it in a way where it's almost kind of like making fun of it. Mm. It's mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. and putting Skeletor right before Charles Manson kind of deflates the whole thing there right. too. Uh yeah. <laughs> oh, the one line I wanted to ask you about, he says twice. Well, this actually, this stanza is, comes twice. This bag is almost empty, in, mm-hmm. in quotes on the wiki. This bag is almost empty. That was your sole communication. What does that mean? That was the one where I was like, maybe it's Halloween and they're trick or treating. Or um, mm-hmm. maybe it's from people who try to rob someone. And they turned up with nothing. But I think, like, Patty Hearst, on a more robber, right? I think on a more symbolic level, it might be something like we're making all of this effort, and we still don't really have anything. Mm, okay, 
Yeah. Um, or if I'm trying to piece together whatever I was saying about someone who thinks they're a, a spy, this could be, you know, the Kremlin's response. There's like, there's nothing here, dude. Whatever you've told us, there's nothing to it. This bag right. is almost empty. That was your sole communication. You know, you've told us all this. We don't care. That's nothing. Yeah. <laughs> And then we haven't really even addressed the uh, the chorus, uh, if we're going to call it the chorus, the with no place in the processional and no seat in the convention hall, which I love that. Such rhyme a good rhyme. There. So yeah. good. Um, yeah, I don't know. What's that? <laughs> what, what's that? <laughs> so, Is, uh, <laughs> this, so I, to me, it makes me think of like a political convention or like a, mm. something where you're not going to go to a rally like with your own personal politics, you don't really fit in there and you don't fit in with a bunch of people who are marching for a specific cause. Um, or it could okay. be like mm-hmm. a parade and people in a comic con, there's nowhere to sit in the convention hall, literally. Um, so you sit on the floor or something. Yeah, sure. But, yeah. Um, yeah. Or if it's uh, my uh, communist, sympathizer fake spy he is not accepted into the kremlin he uh is not they don't they don't they're not down with with they're not getting picking up what he's laying down (laughs) yeah (laughs) he uh yeah he didn't do his pretend job of supplying information (laughs) um i mean yeah i mean (laughs) i mean that's the other thing is that and we, we addressed all these individual lyrics, but like if this guy was a spy, he'd be like, oh, well, I found out that, you know, Reagan closed all these hospitals. Here's things that are wrong with the U.S. Right. You know, I'm going to tell I'm going to tell the Kremlin all these things that are wrong with the U.S. and they can use it as, you know, against us, you know. Yeah. Uh, Propaganda. And tells them for- about Charles Manson, Patty Hearst, like all these these things that are going wrong. Skeletor, yeah. you know, what's up with that guy? You better keep an eye on him. <laughs> the roads are falling apart yeah i don't know yeah it's uh it's fun to i mean this is this was really a fun one to to dig into and know that none of our things are probably no and i'm right. sure like every listener or, listening to this is pissed off because we didn't we didn't get it the way that they got it <laughs> well i mean we gave a lot of options you know, right. we gave a lot of options. It's a and, trick or treat bag of, you know, mm-hmm. ideas. And I did, I don't always, but I did click over to the interpretations tab after I had my little thing kind of uh, put together in my head. Uh-huh. And there are people that are kind of along the same lines uh, as some of the stuff we've said. So we're not alone in, in our um, analysis of especially specific lyrics. There's going to be other people who have come to those conclusions. Um or close to him, yeah. Um, yeah. Friendly local geek was one of the people that had this comment that came June fifth, so just a few days after June fifth, twenty fifteen, right after the song came out, they oh, broke yeah. down all this stuff, and um, yeah, the the intercom, the tape recorder about talking to someone who's not listening, mm-hmm. um, cheap homemade costumes. Um, oh yeah yeah look at that and this person actually says yeah at a fan convention of some sort um and yeah so a, a lot of stuff there some of being accused of being a communist um 
And then right below that, Mr. Me says, Bravo, I didn't think anybody could parse that nonsense, <laughs> but you were able to come up with a semi-plausible theory. <laughs> Damn. Good job, Mr. Me. You just, like, slammed that entire song. <laughs> well, it's one of those songs that's, like, I think many kinds of They Might Be Giants fans could enjoy it because you can either see it on the surface as just wacky and fun to sing. Yeah. Or you could read a bunch of, of crazy stuff into it like, uh, like we, we did. do on this show. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> There's even a picture of an intercom with just one button. In what? The, someone oh, dropped yeah. a JPEG into the wiki here. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Someone also brings Kimya into it. Oh. Oh, I don't know if I read this one yet. Uh, okay. Oh my god. Okay, I just gotta read this one. The kid in purple toupee gets his 60s facts garbled. Like Whoa. him. Like him, young Kimya Dawson tries to make sense of current politics and pop culture fragments from the big world. She's trick-or-treating as the Star Wars character. So Kimya is the is the narrator of this. Oh, wow. She's trick-or-treating as a Star Wars character along with a preteen friend in a homemade Hulk costume. Ronald Reagan has been re-elected. As the kids go from house to house, and this is, Dawson was born in 72, so it she could have been still trick-or-treating in the 80s. Uh-huh. As kids go from house to house, she starts connecting the dots between tax cuts, poorly maintained roads, rich people with fancy intercom doorbells, parentheses, they don't give much candy, <laughs> gutted <laughs> social health pro- programs, and the empty nostalgia of values voters, quote, who yearn for a false yesteryear of Norman Rockwell pictures and flavored syrups and wax wow. bottles. Kimia gets worked up and decides she's had enough. Uh, though the calendar says it's October 31st, she declares that it's her Independence Day. She's free of this imperialist hellhole. For now on, she's going to be a devoted Marxist and offers her services to Mother Russia. Her friend in green face paint and a tattered paper vest, <laughs> the Hulk, is tired of her diatribe and doesn't care. He shakes his big Halloween bag. A few sweet tarts rattle around in it. It's late. He whines. I want to go home. Wow. Wow. Nehushtan on, uh, and that's from September 2020. I, I, like I would story. not say that the Kremlin was was um, Marxist, but no. I, I get what uh, Nehushtan means. <laughs> this, this story, I like that. What a story! That's very good. I also no, I really need to get Kimmy on here. I like the, Is this about you. <laughs> Child, it's like tying the purple toupee to this is really interesting. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. and this reminds me of the one lyric we didn't really get into, which was like the country music with all those lists mm-hmm. of, of, of things that we can no longer get. Um, seems very like Ronald Reagan is promising those sorts of things. Right. right. He's promising that kind of nostalgia with his campaign to make America great. Ugh. Right. Yeah. The and, Cowboy uh, president, you know, I was down at the old fishing hole the other day. Mm hmm. Um, driving my old Ford pickup truck. And it's just like that cannot be accessed, that we don't have that. Yeah. So, yeah. Or people in these big cities with the potholes, you know, their problems aren't being addressed. They don't have fishing holes there. They don't Mm -hmm. listen to country music or they don't have these things that uh, country music singers like to sing about. Right. So they got other problems. Yep. Yeah. So good to, man this is just like i said a good one that you can enjoy just on the surface mm-hmm. um you know it's a it's a dr worm type situation you could just think about a worm playing the drums 
or you could make it into whatever else and maybe we'll talk about it on uh, miscellaneous trans three so this one yeah fantastic lyrics just in their pure tmbg-ness yeah (laughs) i think it's the cover section yeah there's one that isn't ours that isn't ours yes so i'm (laughs) Hell, you know, we we got the idea to make one. I was assuming that there were no others. So I'm like, at least we'll have one cover. But we got two. If we oh, head over to SoundCloud. No, I'm talking about ours plus this. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> I was total. like, what? All right. No, two total. Yeah, yeah. If we head over to SoundCloud, uh, Lizzie is the artist's name here. It's just Lizzie. And probably just want to search Sold My Mind to the Kremlin because it's soundcloud.com slash user dash three one two zero zero eight one four four. Lizzie, get on that URL. I think you can customize that thing. But um, Lizzie here has done covers and they're all just really fun. Has mm-hmm. done Hey Mr. DJ, uh, Bee of the Bird of the Moth, Hope That I Get Old Before I Die, um, and Ang, and some other cool stuff like. Sonic Youth, Teenage Riot, and some other stuff. But Lizzie here did, amongst those, all the ones I listed are all pretty classic. Be the Bird of the Moth, maybe a deeper cut. But here's Sold My Mind to the Kremlin. Let's listen to Lizzie play it. I really like her voice. I think totally. Um, I think kind of when uh, you and I were discussing it before, it's like if Kimya Dawson created the demo and Flans was missing from it. <laughs> it really is. It really is. Yeah. And it is an electric guitar, but it's a nice, clean, simple, strummed electric guitar. It, yeah, it is like, oh, what I should have done is warp this to the exact tempo and put it over top of. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god well maybe in post <laughs> I'll, I'll fix it in post oh god. if i can make that actually work that would be hilarious yeah That'd if we combine them because you got you got the female vocals and the guitar mm-hmm. you got the male vocals and the synth and drums mm-hmm. let's voltron this shit <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i love her voice and i love the thick double track vocal like I've already it's talked so about good. I love double track vocals, but like just that sweet 
she's got this very sweet kind of childlike tone and i mean the the little thumbnails of her on individual songs she looks like she might be pretty young mm-hmm. and um but it's just this very sweet indie pop kind of sound but the double track like gives it that thickness so it's sung sweetly but it's got power because it's two of her mm-hmm. um and it's yeah i mean she sings it much differently than flans she definitely makes it her own um yeah i mean it sounds like if if kimya sang it yeah it's great it's great yeah yeah and there's this little like i wouldn't quite say there's a drum track but there's this little programmed it's mainly just like a ride symbol and i think a kick that's just like ting 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 it's ting just the enough whole thing. it's just, just enough to carry it enough. yeah yeah it was almost just like her click track going but it uh it totally works and I love it. So, Lizzie, maybe I'll I should leave a comment on the same. Like, guess what? You're gonna guess be what? We talked about you podcast. You're really good. <laughs> yeah, I do like to leave comments when I see stuff, especially that doesn't have a whole lot of plays or is someone I hadn't found before. Do you but link yeah. to it in the show notes? You know the way that um, that's a no. I wish I, I wish I could. <laughs> yeah. Well, Punk News actually, we're in the midst of switching over the way we do things, but I don't do the, the tech end of, I mean, I do um, customize the code for each episode, mm-hmm. but the way that we upload them, it was all put together by my dude Adam at Punk News, and because like, the, the weekly Punk News podcast has been going for a decade now. For a very long time. Yeah. And so the way that he's been doing it, I mean, basically, I the way we do it now is I drag it into a Dropbox called Punk News Podcast Deploy, and then I fix the code, and then it goes up. But I've I've talked to him about it, and the way that it's arranged, you cannot put HTML, you cannot put links in the description in the uh, program I type it in. They don't work. Oh, I so, see. But yes, I will. I uh, you know. She gets a shout out. Go to the, just search Sold My Mind of the Kremlin and you'll yeah. find her because she's the only one on SoundCloud. And then you can listen to her other songs. Hey, Mr. DJ is is probably my favorite of the others. Um, there's some little synth stuff in there. That's pretty fun. But good job, Lizzie. And it's on to another. This band called band. the Purple Panties. They're, the purple they're panties. new, I would say. Um <laughs> <laughs> well, we we premiered. We had a, a soft premiere with uh, "End of the Rope" on the Glean for Australia compilation. That's right. Which uh, me drumming and you doing all the rest. And I would not say it's my strongest song, but it's not bad. It's a tough song. It's a hard song. I did not yeah. realize how hard that song was until Those I vocals, tried. I mean, you're trying to sing along with Linnell on that, and like the rhythms of the vocals are just so crammed in there yeah well in certain spots just like very tricky to mm-hmm. sing yeah so we're our, our our second our second single to drop is <laughs> this one so let's listen to it <laughs> hey Raph. what's up mikey hey other guy uh hey leonardo what's up mikey uh hey the other guy all right donatello that's the one Get some pizza. Dude, oh, Splinter made a funny. It's a man. Oh, 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 oh
I mean, I guess basically our idea was to slow it down and make it a little heavier. I mean, it's not like we're going metal or something, but I'm like, I want to do fuzz bass it's, instead of bass. We have the voices of angels, too. I think it was... That, too. I must say yeah. that our vocal performances came out perfect. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't recorded them yet. It's not done. <laughs> yeah, so you like, uh, you like those drums? I did, yeah. And um, I, I was I really playing them very the hard. It's great. <laughs> Since Doppelpopolis has been on break, well, both bands for, I mean, there's just not enough space in here to properly be spread out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't been drumming as much, and I've lost my drumming calluses. And from recording that, I think I did six takes of it. I got a mean blister on my left-hand ring finger because I was just beating the shit out of those things. Yeah, it, it sounds great. It sounds really loud and, and fun. It's great. Yeah, yes. And uh, as of recording, I just got your keyboards. And so we got some tweaks to do. But I will say, whatever you just heard that I put in this episode, it's awesome. Fantastic. It's so good. <laughs> Damn, we're good. Oh, man. So it's time to score this song. <laughs> oh, yeah. I will say this will be up for free download on this might be a podcast.bandcamp.com. I'm going to make a, a separate album. With Avrin's art for the Purple Pansies, and I'll put both End of the Rope and this on there. So go grab those. This might be a podcast. .pancamp.com. .com. Yeah, .com. Uh, time to score this song. Out of 10, right? Out of 10. You can't be like Abby and say out of 14. Or that was Terra Trait tried to, tried to give Pushback the Hands 14. That's such a good song. <laughs> um. Is. It's the one Linnell song that has squeezed in these recent episodes. I think this is, for me, a solid 7.5. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah I'm, I'm somewhere around there, too, because, like I said, this is one that probably 
passed by me a little bit in listening to Phone Power previously. Um, not that I didn't like it, but like it's just in um the track listing. It's between what is it between? Um I mean it came out early in the or in sorry, it came out in the middle of the dial a song cycle. So it's between it daylight like, and it said something. Okay. Um yeah, it said something, which is another Fun Power episode I've done. Another song I came to appreciate a lot by talking to Victor Fitzsimmons, who did the video. Uh, he illustrated that video, and it made me love that song. Doing this episode, preparing for this episode, made me really, really appreciate this song more, which, again, it was just smack in the middle of Foam Power, one mm-hmm. of three albums they put out in rapid succession. It kind of passed me by a little bit, but just, like I said, the pure giantsness of the lyrics... And the the '80s giantness nature of the music uh, really, you know, sold me in these 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 repeated listens uh, this week. So I think I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go seven. All right. Mm, what did I get? You know what? I got. <laughs> Unlike go. you, I don't have to like rank a hundred something plus songs. You know. I'm going six point nine. 6.9 had to i just saw one that was a seven and i said i got a notch down below that sorry uh <laughs> yeah if boat of cars is seven i think this one's got to be 6.9 so Fair. yeah but how do you compete with classic like boat of car anyway uh, i i will say this was a great choice and obviously i mean we haven't talked on an episode for a while so we're shooting the shit quite a bit here and i hope yeah. people enjoyed our whatever that you want to call this and i mean uh, a bunch is gonna get cut out because it's off the record so you know yeah well, about 10 minutes is getting cut off there but still this is this is creeping up on two hours as it is <laughs> um not a whole lot of sound clips to drop in though no live versions only two covers um but yeah this was a great one to talk about and i hope people enjoyed all of our our rambling and i we did talk about the song for the most part yeah it's all tangentially um, just, related you know these these ones you know with someone that i know you start quoting the simpsons a lot is what i do <laughs> <laughs> i don't know yeah yeah you just like if, you uh, know you start talking about like mike pence hot dogs that's what you end up doing <laughs> right well, I mean, that's that's the thing. That's the one disadvantage I have is that when I'm talking, when I since I have a different guest on almost every episode, is that you know I'm going in, I'm flying blind for a lot of it with with people that I mean, especially if they're just normal people like us, like they're not one of the bigger names I've had. I don't know anything about them other right. than what I've found out off of Facebook or Twitter or whatever else. So, um, but if there is something I know that they like, I will try to. Uh, you know connect with them on that level and since mm-hmm. you and i have talked a lot yeah. um through social media and three previous episodes things go off the rails more like this <laughs> yeah sorry everybody yeah anyone who's listened to that two hour and 15 minute james k polk episode with <laughs> two of my best friends knows that that's how it goes so uh thanks for being on again i mean thanks obviously for having me obviously it was super fun 
Yeah. And um I haven't smiled this much in a long time. It's you know. <laughs> it's been good. Yeah. My my cheeks hurt from laughing and just being silly with you. You want to pick another song to do a little down the road? Oh, that'd be really fun. Uh Okay, I'll send you the link. You don't need yeah. to pick right now. <laughs> okay. Think on it. So okay. Avery will be back. Tell people about your podcast, please. Do some plugs. So my podcast is a little bit more structured, I would say. Um, generally runs. <laughs> this thing generally. is rock solid. <laughs> you have a structure. By the book. Yeah. Like, this is jazz. No, it's true. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> like, you have a standard, but you, you depart, and then you come back to it. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Do your thing. So... Uh, the show's called Waves Breaking. I interview a poet about their work. Um, I feature trans poets and gender variant poets. Um, and we just kind of talk about their work and what inspires them and how they get into their craft. It's really fun. And that's yeah. it. It's yeah. great. Yeah. <laughs> and I just got two, or no, I got th- four poems recently published, which is pretty exciting. Yes. And I had to, of course, make a They Might Be Giants reference because it's, it's the only two things I, I know I feel are They like, Might Be Giants and The Simpsons. Uh, is there? No, there is not a They Might Be Giants reference in them, but several of the manuscript I pulled that from do have They Might Be Giants references in them. Yeah. So It's yeah. hard not to when they're this yeah. big a part of what you consume. You know, you, you're influenced by... I mean, any artist is influenced by what they I still stand that they're... They're some of the best poets of the 20th century, and I will die by that. I just tweeted about Shapeshifter last night. I'm like, I cannot stop listening to Shapeshifter. I've been listening to Phone Power a lot because of this episode. And just the last verse, I'm only hanging around amorphous mounds in the town where nothing familiar can be found. (laughs) Just like that. It's just like. So good. It's fucking We talk about that in Miscellaneous Trans 2. Yeah, I know there was some shapeshifter talking there. I'm not sure how much time it got. Yeah. So but go listen again, to that. We'll go Be and a patron. Yeah. Go listen. Uh, yeah, you can uh, go to patreon.com slash this might be a podcast to listen to those full episodes. They're both pretty long and awesome. Uh, there are free teasers, though, in the main podcast feed uh, for Miscellaneous Trans 1 and 2. Um and uh, send me emails. This might be a pod at Gmail. I'm uh, not on Twitter at this might be a pod and all of the other places. Leave me voicemails at two two four eight zero one two nine three zero. Tell me your crazy theories about these lyrics. If you got something completely different, I want to hear it and I will play me it too. on uh, the next episode. And, um, yeah, go review the podcast. I always forget to say that, you know, whatever, an Apple podcast, you know. Give it a five stars. If you're giving it any less, don't even bother. <laughs> don't bother. You know, whatever. Go give it a review. You know, I think it helps with algorithms. But I think that'll do it. I don't understand. I don't understand the internet. Um, I, I'm only on TMBW. That's the yeah. only website I go to anymore, I think. I'm driving so much traffic personally to that website. So I think we'll call it a night because it's a school night for me. For you, it's still early. I have to make dinner, though. Oh, yeah. It's dinner time for you. So I will let you go. Yeah. Thanks so much, Greg. (laughs) Of course.
place in the processional And no seat in the convention hall I sold my mind to the Kremlin On the 4th of July With no place in the processional And no seat in the convention hall I sold my mind to the Kremlin On the 4th of July